Hello, dudes, dudettes, duders, and everyone in between, and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am and only can be your host, Jesse Kester. It is time for a new miniseries. Thank you so much for joining on this set of four. We got something a little special, a little different. We're pulling it back in. I think that Saucony Creek interview is a little bit a little bit too off the rails. We're gonna we're gonna dial it back a little bit. This new miniseries is My Family. First up. We have my mother, Janice Eshelman, and I think you will enjoy this one because it's my mother. Of course, I think you're going to enjoy it. Use your head, Audie. Sorry, I didn't mean to get so antagonistic right there. Uh, Before we get into that, I would like to read our latest review on the iTunes. And as I read this, you should bear in mind that we appreciate little more in this world than a five-star review and a couple of quick words on iTunes. It helps with our ranking, and it is felt deeply. Every, Every review that comes in is deeply, deeply appreciated. And here's one from Lady Doe. My new favorite find. Sorry, new favorite find. No mine. It could be all of our favorite find. Here's the review. Host slash producer Jesse Kessler. Well, thank you for recognizing the double duty that I pull. I do appreciate that. You could have slapped an editor and uploader and copywriter, but I'll let it slide this time, Lady Doe. Host slash producer Jesse Kester asks great questions and his voice and personality make you feel like a welcomed friend. First of all, you are a welcomed friend, listener. Thank you for joining. And look, we're, we're moving past acquaintance. We're not quite lovers. You're a welcomed friend sitting in on the conversation. I am so glad to find this one. I am so glad that you found this one, Lady Doe. Adding to the regular rotation, excellent choice right there. Can't wait to hear more. I have got good news for you, Lady Doe. You do not have to wait to hear more because, without further ado, I give to you, you, and especially you, Janice Eshelman, my mother. Drops. Morpheus is fighting Neil. 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 Hello. Hello and welcome to... I popped there. Hello and welcome to the Hollywood Fishbowl. I am your host, Jesse Kester, and today we are joined by the one, the only, the illustrious... Janice Eshelman. Welcome to the program. Hi. I don't even... I wouldn't call you that if you paid me your mom. I go by mom. I go by grandma. I go by Mimi. And that's it. Janice. Janice Eschelday. Janice Eschelday. Sorry. And Morpheus is done fighting Neo. Welcome to the program, Thank Mom. You. Are you doing okay? I'm okay. Okay. Good, good, good. If you're it's ever fun. If you're <laughs> <laughs> how much fun are we having already? So much fun. If you're We're ever good. not okay, you just tell me. I okay? I'll get more okay as moments go by. Okay. Uh, I think the magic word today is okay. <laughs> Um, okay. You know how we start out. It's with five and five. I'm going to ask you five questions. You have one minute to answer each question. Um, and then we'll we'll slow things down and get to know you better as a person after that. Let's go. Okay, here we go. And you get beeps. And you give me the question. Yeah, of course. Question number one. Where did you grow up and how did that inform your adulthood? I grew up in Kutztown, Pennsylvania. It was a little... S- Little farm town, but also a college town. And it was the 60s and 70s. And my dad was a professor and my mom was a foreigner 
from France. And that all informed my everything. Also, because it was growing up in the 60s and 70s, things were going that way. So I'm a kind of hippie foreigner, professor's child in a farm community. All right. Um, where was Pop-Up from? Where did his family immigrate? Going back. Lidditz. <laughs> <laughs> and what's the immigration problem? When they landed at Ellis Island from Lidditz, Pennsylvania. Oh. Question number two. Oh, question coming up. You're doing fine. Good. You're doing I'm fine. Okay. Question number two. What is the must-engage media? The book, the movie, the album. Is it the pajama oh. game? The pajama game's good. But? but really, it's anything you're called to. There's no one single must-engage media. It's whatever your eyes and your heart pulls you to, go there. What is the greatest source of joy in your life? Oh, come on. It's watching my kids grow up and now my grandkids and seeing how they're all just wonderful people. That's it. Excellent. Uh, there will be follow-up <laughs> questions on that. Um, you know what? We've got 40 seconds. I think we can finish this one out right now. Between my older sister, Emily, and my younger sister, the pastor, Selena, who's your favorite of the three of us? Um, I don't understand the question. <laughs> well, like, obviously one of us is better than the other two. <laughs> Who would you say that is? What was the choice between? Uh, the three of us. Emily. Is our time up yet? Jesse and Selena. You have 13, se 12 seconds to really find them. Oh, no, wait, which three? Emily, Jesse, and Selena. Eight seconds what left. What was the question about Which you? one is your favorite? How much time? Four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll have to come back to that on a follow-up interview some okay. other day. What gets under your skin? Dishonesty. Okay. That's it. No for It doesn't no. take a minute. Uh, no. I, I like honesty. So did did you know that I was hiding my report card when I told you I wasn't? Like at what point? How how much did you know? I figured it out at some point, but not day of. I think maybe day 2. Okay. Day one, I can accept. You remember that day? I didn't. You said I didn't hear you come in. That's because I was upstairs in the little closet between Emily's room and my room, <laughs> crying for like three hours before. I I'm so sorry. I scared you so much. You were right too. I. It was. I got a bad grade, and I was dishonest. I tried to hide it from you. You. Oh, yeah, and dishonesty. There yeah, it go. was exactly. I don't care about your grades. Well, a D is pretty bad. I, mean, I could have yeah, done better than a D. You, you were right in saying I could have done better. Yeah. All right. Glad we cleared that okay, up. Okay. We're okay. And last question coming your way. What is your advice? I, th I would ask you for mothers in general, but I think you've got a question, an answer loaded for people oh. ever. What's your advice for people oh. ever? Then what's your advice for new parents? Well, that's like about the media. Just follow your heart. Do what you want. Listen to your heart. But also think about supporting yourself and living reasonably, but definitely following your heart and doing your art. Follow your heart and do your art. What? What? Can we get into that a little bit more? Because what if yeah. your heart's leading you in the wrong direction or you're not hearing it correctly? You should be listening. Okay. 
Well, and if it's not, if it's leading you in a place you're not going to eventually go, it's it's the path that gets you there. If you're really listening to your heart, and that's what you should be doing. What do you reckon is like distracting people from their hearts? Why is it so easy to lose sight of the thing that is should be the loudest in inside your head? I you know all the stuff that hits you all the time. Television, money, earning, buying, having things, the things you want. Are they really what your heart wants? All the distractions, everyday distractions get in the way. And well, okay, this for some people. This leads to a bigger question. You say it like with so much confidence, is your heart has it always been loud and clear to you, or did it get louder and clearer as you grew up, or where was it quiet and where was it loud? I think I was always noticeable to me. And the times that I didn't listen to do what I wanted to do, I was less happy. So if I wasn't listening to my heart, I wasn't happy. Even if I was doing weird things, if I was listening to my heart, it was good. What like what weird things can you give us a little bit of context for that? Oh, like getting pregnant and moving across the country in a truck on a sitting on a folding chair. Let's that back might up not a little be bit. sensible. Yeah. But it was what I wanted to do and it had it's only a good memory. I don't regret it. Was it easy and fun then, or like did it feel like a good memory it then? It didn't always feel easy and fun. So but the traveling felt easy and fun. Just sitting in the car and going Just going across. places. That did, did feel easy and fun. I don't think I... But then I wanted to be settled. On that trip, I wanted to be settled because I was pregnant. So being unsettled did not feel easy and fun. But my heart was saying, get yourself settled. And what year was that? That was 1978. Okay. Did you go through Colorado or through Texas when you took that trip? That... John and I got married in Pennsylvania. We went to Texas, lived there from the fall to the spring. Okay, okay. And that's when I got pregnant. And then we thought we'd move to Colorado where there were more jobs. But we got there and we didn't like it. And then we thought, well, we'll... What city did you land in, though? Denver. Okay. That was 1978. What didn't you like about it? Um, I think it was kind of a lie about the mountains. They weren't as... There was a lot of flat, flat, flat desert. Well, it's like a, <laughs> you have to pull pretty far back to see the mountain. It's like a, a it's the altitude is high in Colorado. It's not, not a valley. It just wasn't a place we were going to stay. Yeah. So I wasn't. And was right. that summertime and that you were up there or winter time? I think we left in spring. Like okay. It was probably, Emily was born at the end of June. Probably we left in the end of April. Who's who's president at the end of 78? I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so you go up to Colorado, you turn left and then come down to to California. Was it well, we, uh, went, up, we headed... went further cuz then we went up to I think we went we went to Oregon cuz John had an aunt in Oregon. That's a massive detour though. That's Well, we thought we might live in Oregon. Yeah. But then we didn't live there. Yeah. And also Carol was there. Okay. So we both had aunts in Oregon. So you come down from Oregon. So then that Oregon, meh. That's going to be cold and wet yeah. a lot of the year. We heard there's a lot of depression there. Emotional? Depression, emotional depression. Okay. So, and wet. 
And, yeah. And so then we thought, well, we'll go down to. I don't think we. I don't know if we stopped in Fresno. I don't remember. But Riverside was the next place. Okay. And where was the money coming from? Was it just Dad doing contracting uh, work, or? I guess we lived pretty cheap. Okay. He, and yeah, he did. I guess he was just doing contracting carpenter work. But on the trip, we saved up for the trip. And I guess maybe we even still had wedding money left. I don't really remember. We had some money, but it didn't take a lot. And at the time, like, are you, if, if, if I were to talk to somebody who was doing this right now, the, the female partner is pregnant and they start in Texas and swing by Colorado and maybe try Oregon on for size and then maybe Fresno or Rivers, like they're very fringe in my mind. Like that's, were you guys feeling fringe at the time I mean, or was this just kind of what it was? I don't think we felt fringe, but I think it was kind of fringe. Okay. But also if I saw you and Swinky doing this, I would not I would be so opposed to it. Yeah. I would so want to stop you and say this is ridiculous what you're doing. And so like what about Nana and Pop-Up? Did they have any any uh, say on this or was it just kind of didn't really say anything about anything. Okay. And that was like growing up too or did they just kind of let you go once you hit 18 or 16 or wherever? It was probably once we turned into young teenagers, they both were like nothing else they could do with these three girls they had. Okay, and it, it was like a given up on you, or just they were wrapped up in their own world Both. at that point? Okay, well, they were wrapped up in their own, own world, and I think the world was changing, and it wasn't what they thought it would be, because this was I can relate to that feeling. By then. So, things were, and they were changing, everything was changing, and we were just kind of, okay, try it, whatever you're going to do, go for it. You reckon there's ever been a time going back in America and American history where people were like, yeah, this is what we signed up for. Every 20 years, 30 years, it is like a, almost a different country, isn't it? Right. That's good. Like, it, it, it yeah. But Do you hope- feel like this is the America you signed up for when you were driving around and, and figuring out what your life was supposed to be like? I wasn't thinking this far ahead, ever. <laughs> you don't say. <laughs> Uh, no, but I hope each generation gets a little more able to adapt to whatever changes come their way and bring the good things that they learn along the way and maintain those good things into their life and their children's life. It, I don't know. It, I, anything I say to that will sound like heinously cynical so i'm gonna hope that too with you. <laughs> why not just enjoy the possibility of that it's really good to not be heinously cynical but we are <laughs> it's it's i don't know i was gonna say it's hard not to be but maybe it's just easy to be heinously cynical like that it's a, a, a cheap it, there's a cheap fare on that road there's some really weird things going on in the world right now that's like it might be ending. That, that's, eh, but what difference does that make, really? None. Like, if it ends for all of us, it's, you know, whatever. <laughs> what are you going to do? Right. It, whatever happens, we're going to be here. So if we hang on to the goodness and hang on to love and follow your heart and, you know, if there's an earthquake and you can climb out of it, that's really good. And if you don't climb out of it, then you don't. Yeah. So you get to. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I really believe in the soul and the spirit, 
and that the body's a temporary place. So uh, it's not that big a deal. Here's my... I'm not, I'm not trying to uh, rebut that, but if you go metaphorical, we can believe anything. Like, what, how... Believing in the soul is easy as long as we don't define the soul, what it is and what it does. If it's more of a feeling, then it's then I am right there with you. I'm not, that's the soul I believe in. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not there, that doesn't matter. I think that you just had a letter to your show that, yes, that yes. you read on your and show. And we are not going to betray the author <laughs> of that letter. But it's pretty much what I believe, what yeah. that writer said. Well, would would you have said that you might have married that writer at some point or another in your life? Like what? I totally would have married that. Uh, oh, okay. If it was a man. Yeah, if if that's a big if. I'm... But one thing I don't know. Like, I, let me set this up a little bit. That we are recording this in kind of like the the like ape the the vertex of a lot of our lives. Where we are right now is really a very meaningful place for generations. <laughs> You want to you want to introduce that? Well, the room we're in. We're in Riverside, California. This is not where we planned to record. We were going to record at home, but I didn't have time, so I'm coming up here. But I'll let you talk. This is Lenny and Phil's house, and this is where, at the end of that long trip in the folding chair in the step van. What is a step van? Oh, is it, it like, like when a, oh, like... your van marries another van? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Its its name was Chris. Because it said Chris on the side. It's one of those big box vans that they use for bakeries or I don't know what. Okay. It's usually a work van, but it okay. has two steps going up, like they're metal steps. Oh, okay, so okay, okay, okay. Yep, 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 yep. It's bigger than a van van. Yep, yep, yep. It's more of a work van. Okay. Um, but and I'm sure it gave you no trouble as you drove across the country on it. As long as we had that case of oil that we'd stop and pick up every couple days mm-hmm. and we'd hear that tip ticking sound that means there's no more oil in the engine and we pull over john did all the driving now you were and sitting in a folding more. chair what can we this story about the oil can is fascinating but i feel like there's this one detail we keep not not engaging well there was just a driver's seat uh-huh so we had a old metal folding chair not not the kind with the weaving just like oh, okay. a, a yeah, hard yeah. seat and yeah. a metal back and a metal frame and a probably a wooden seat and a metal back. And, and then you just unfold it and it's there. And you're saying that if Swinky was pregnant with your grandchild, you would not approve <laughs> of this, this course of action? No, I wouldn't. Okay. Anyway, so you get to Riverside where we are now in the very house that you land at. I did. And this is before cell phones. I think probably I talked to Lini or wrote her a letter sometime before that and said, I think we're coming to Riverside and maybe we'll see you. I mean, we might need a place to stay. I mean, <laughs> we don't know what we're doing in this world. Um, so we knocked on the door and there's, I'm sure we looked a little rough and uh, were you a bit staying pregnant, at hotels and showering, or was uh, it just kind of like... Sometimes we stayed at hotels. Sometimes John had built in the back of the step van a ledge, so all of our everything was under this wooden boxed-in area, and there was space to sleep up on top of it. With any padding, or was it just... I think we... You know, there's like probably a foam pad and a sleeping bag. Okay. It was... And we slept there sometimes... And sometimes when we wanted a shower, we'd sleep in a hotel. Okay. And get a shower and clean up. 
I can't even think of where we parked and slept. Probably because it didn't somewhere. matter at the time. <laughs> yeah. Like just in a lot by yeah. the road, anywhere that didn't seem too dane. I think we, well, and Did we, it ever, we came from Carol's house. It only makes sense that we would have stopped in Fresno at Betsy's, but I don't remember that. Did it ever feel dangerous or was it just kind no. of whatever you were doing? Did you have, it <laughs> sounds like you had a danger. diminished awareness <laughs> of what. <laughs> Before the step in, I just hitchhiked. So, oh, okay. I so mean, this was luxury for you. Step in and a husband and. Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. And then you get here. Yeah. So we knocked on the door and they let us in and they put us up until we found an apartment. They found a little apartment for us. <laughs> was that a... <laughs> Just because they're really kind and caring when wonderful people who yeah. have a lot of good connections. Yeah, yeah. So they found this little apartment, and then we moved there. And sometime later, we moved to the house up front that was connected to the little apartment. Okay. But Emily was born at the little... We lived in the little apartment. So we probably lived there for some months. And there's Emily. There's, there's there, Emily was born. That's when the world of memories starts becoming real for me. Like once Emily exists, oh. then our generation exists. Then I feel like I don't exist yet, but it feels like it's no longer storybook or history book. It okay. feels like it's a I life is beginning. I have a memory from my parents. During that driving, I do remember talking to my mother and mm-hmm. her saying, you can't just keep driving. And you can't just, you're pregnant, you're going to have a baby. And I said, um, all along the highway, there's signs wherever there's a hospital. There's always <laughs> oh, a you sign got that says there. hospital at this exit. I think we're okay. But she was, I mean. <laughs> so so you, that was the one hesitation I received. You 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 started in Pennsylvania, drove south to Texas, then you drove yeah. north to Oregon. Then you, you did, you drove until you <laughs> ran out of America. Like you just kind of zigzagged up and yeah. down. We did not hit every state. No, no. Have you been to every state since I've then? Not, I don't know. I have to, okay. would have to look at a map. It's, I've not been to Alaska. Okay. Well, I then, no, you have not. I have then not, I can say it without yeah, looking at a map. I have not been to every state because of that. And what is it like? I mean, like, what changes in you when Emily's existing? Hmm. Well. Because a lot changes in her life. <laughs> Just sort of continued on. When you're young and you have kids, you just sort of pick them up and keep walking. It's not a big change to have one child when you're a teenager. Well, I was 19. Yeah. It's not quite a, I mean, still a teenager, but not much. Um, No, but I wanted to be settled more. Mm -hmm. And that was probably related to having a child, a baby. Um. Lini taught me a whole lot about being a mom and being a So Daniel an adult. and Trina are are a, a lot both alive at this point? Yeah, they're older. So okay. Daniel was in nursery school and Trina was in elementary school. And you're kinda of like babysitting them ever? I came over and babysat really? when they needed to. We always had Sunday dinners together. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, Lini taught me about being a mom and taking care of kids and making dinners and making a house that is a home. Now, not to not to get too specific, but like you are a young 
a child nurse, a baby nurse. What do they call it? <laughs> now I am. Yeah. Now, now you are. Yes. And one of the things we do like to talk about on on this program is like what 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 the guest knows that the average person wouldn't know. So I do want to talk a little bit about you know early days of child rearing and what parents what are some good things that parents can be doing in the early de- developmental stages. Talk, 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 talk to your babies. Talk out loud. Okay. And that's one of the, Emily was in intensive care nursery for her first couple weeks of life because she was premature because I was absolutely high risk. I was a teenager driving around yeah. the country in a truck and not getting medical care or checkup. And when I did finally go for a checkup, they said, oh, it looks like you're going to have a preemie because... Um, I was already, the amniotic sac had already had a small tear in it, and mm-hmm. there was an infection brewing. So anyway, so she was a preemie, and and we spent time in the intens- in the NICU, the intensive care nursery. And one, I would just look, I'd put that baby on my lap when she could come out of her incubator and just look at her and think to her, and I always never felt disconnected. I felt like she understood my thoughts and I understood hers. Mm -hmm. And we were thinking to each other and we were looking at each other. And a nurse came up to me and said, talk to your baby, don't just look at her. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. So now I tell young mom moms to talk to their babies but also think to them and also register their thoughts and the feelings that are flowing between the thoughts of the mother and the baby because the thoughts and connection I believe is very real but the verbal part is also good where do you land on on kind of baby talking with a baby would you rather like talk grown up to grown up when you're with a, an infant or is it good to mimic am, them as they try to figure happens. out okay. I think more grown-up talk is good, and if you speak other languages, speak all those languages to your baby. Even if you have an accent, just give your baby all the words of the different languages as much as you can. And they're not just babyhood, childhood. The language is so it's so simple to. When I watch children learning, growing up bilingual or trilingual, much easier than one language. So give them all the languages that you can. There's no. Other when you're a kid, like everything is, you're, as you're putting it all together, there's not an other. And then when you get into adulthood, it feels like a second language is the, the domain of other, not yes. the domain of us. Yes. So there, I do feel like there is a, 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 a coalescence between a child's brain and, and uh, being a polyglot, yes. as they say. <laughs> but a baby, kids recognize the different languages too. Even babies recognize that you're speaking English or Japanese or Spanish or whatever language. But it's a fun thing. It's not yeah. like the that thing over there. It's it's just a kind of a game, as most things are to children, I suppose. A really good language thing that made me understand, besides having like really three-year-olds translate for me sometimes mm-hmm. in my work, was when my Japanese baby friend in America... I think she was. Wait, she you're was not talking about the Kana. star of the Last Library. She's in the Last Library. I know her. <laughs> this is a story about you and her. Hey. So before she could talk, or before she could talk much, and before she could talk English, but she's a Japanese. Did child. you just hit the mic stand? 
I think I heard a bump. Did I? Yes, yes that's it. There it is. I, I love it. it. I My did it. I didn't think I could do it here. But she, she, as a baby, she knew that people who looked visually one way spoke one way, and mm-hmm. who looked visually another way spoke another way. And you came home from Japan, and you started talking to this baby in Japanese, and her eyes just opened up big, like, what's going on here? This person who looks like that is speaking like this. Yeah. And it's that cool. blew me away. It's, it's <laughs> so cool when the, the, the early development. Yes. So early development is very important. Turn off the TV and talk to your babies, children. <laughs> I have a question. Why didn't you teach me about object permanence? When something goes around the corner, I assume it's gone forever <laughs> still. Why didn't you mention that anywhere in my upbringing? I don't believe in object permanence. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Peekaboo. Where'd you go? <laughs> Anyway, so Emily's born. We'll come back to kids. Okay. I've got more questions okay. about kids, but Emily's Emily's born. Emily's growing up, um, and then I what what is there a decision? To, was there a decision to have her? Or was it just kind of like, well, we'll do whatever? Was there at, at any oh. point between ten years old and thirty? Did you make a <laughs> conscious choice about what you were doing? The Emily decision was kind of a split decision because I really knew in my heart, following my heart, I wanted a baby. Mm -hmm. And John was really hesitant because he did have a little more sense than I did. You know who's going to love this episode? John? Swinky. Swinky? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pew. I love Swinky. You should be more like you. You should listen to your mom, Pew. You should relax and have yeah. more babies. Look, you don't think Emily's cool? Emily's cool. Yeah. So you should be more like your mom, I'm, Pew. I'm on Swinky's side. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> anyway. So Emily was kind of like, oops, it happened. But, you know, it could have not happened really easily yeah, to not yeah. get pregnant. I knew all my life how to, well, from the time I knew how to get pregnant, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew how to not get pregnant. That, was that something in school, or was that something you school. learned at home? Okay, so they had, not at home. It was not abstinence only at that point in American history. No, no, okay. it was just like this is what it is biologically, and this is what you do to avoid it. Funny thing, it's a biological process. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, it's not a spiritual. Well, it's, it is. It's a it very also spiritual is a process. spiritual choice, but you can teach it's the not biological. A religious yeah, process. yeah, it's biological and spiritual. Yes. Okay. But anyway, so Emily was a sort of, but we were both very, very, very happy. And you, I don't want to get too detailed about this. I could, I mean, I know when everyone was conceived. We don't need to know that. I'm talking about more the the emotional, Um, like where you guys were at as a couple. and, and When Emily was two, John and I thought we'd leave Riverside and go to Pennsylvania and Mm -hmm resettle back home and you said i have a great idea how to make that transition as difficult as possible (laughs) no i was not pregnant but um no i was going uh, i packed everything up in boxes it's already time for no not at all i just couldn't find it i was trying to figure out where it went um and all, it's always time. If you ever okay. want to ring that, you can't. You, no, there's no this is too much fun. Commitment. Oh. oh. <laughs> okay. You want to talk movies after this? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, the decision. Okay. So we said we. I came to Pennsylvania. He was going to follow later with the whatever vehicle we had. I think it was that old Bel Air station wagon. Mm-hmm. 
with all the things. And then summer went by and he did not feel ready to leave. And he came to visit and they came back and then... Wait, so you were in Pennsylvania? The whole summer when Emily was turned two, Mm -hmm. I left in June. I didn't know this at all. And yeah, I left in June went because we celebrated in Florida, celebrated her birthday with Nana. And then I came to Pennsylvania. I was trying to find a house. I didn't have a car. I had a bicycle. I didn't have a job. I had a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Mostly I just hung out with Pop-Up, visited with friends, went on my bicycle, put with Emily in the bike seat, and went this to visit a people. This a lot like sometimes I come home for a couple of months and just have a bicycle and visit with Nick. And, You're right, yeah. And you are it very you're very same. patient when I take a month or two off. Oh, and I would be less patient if you had a baby. Really? I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah, you got to get this grandkid out of the house right now. Okay, leave the baby with me. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. And then John came and visited, but then he went back and he said he couldn't. He's not ready. Can't live in Pennsylvania. And pretty soon I went back to California to Lemon Street. And pretty soon we said, okay, we're together. Let's have another baby. Okay. There you go. There's you. There you go. There you are. So... Yeah, so we stayed in California. And then Selena was conceived in Pennsylvania? Yeah, that okay. was when we finally did get back. When you were one, then we moved back to Pennsylvania. And Selena was conceived pretty soon after we were back in Pennsylvania. My perception of Emily is she is kind of the most wild and free of the three of us. And my perception of Selena is she is the least wild and free of us. And I wonder if there's a, a straight line between Emily's wild, free genesis, my semi-wild, free genesis, and Selena's very level-headed genesis into I this earth. I have thought about that. Oh, I wondered okay. if it's all connected, that somebody can be identified not only from their birth on, but from their conception on. Yeah. That, yeah, Emily was conceived in Houston traveled up and down the United States and then born in California. But the it's not like um, th- there's a gradient in your life as well. Like it's, it's not like you landed in California and then became settled or you landed in Pennsylvania and became settled. You're, we're talking about a, a six year period of between you and dad of from living yeah. in a truck to living in an apartment to building a house together to building a family. It's yeah. a whole gradient. So it's not just the conception, but also where y'all are at. Right. Right. It's all very layered, very complete yeah. that all those layers connect. And it's it, this is such a cool house because they all, all these layers kind of swing through here, not just for your generation, but for our generation too. It's, Emily has showed up at the door here in her young adulthood, and you did. And there's always, what were you going to say? Selena hasn't. Selena hasn't, yeah. But there is this feeling. Yes, Selena, get on that, Pastor Selena. My sister (laughs) Selena is actually the one we do this show for, so every now and then I might might talk to her instead of you. Hi, Selena. Hi, (laughs) Selena. But there, there is this feeling, and I, I think you know it. I think Emily knows it. That there, when you get to this house, there is kind of like a, a, a golden feeling of possibility here, sort of. It like there's something at this address. This is the most magical, relaxing, happy place in the world. This house for me. And I got a story. Okay. This is the place of my first memory on Earth. 
And I think you, I don't know where that was. I've told you this. My first memory is I'm in a pool. Someone's holding me in a pool and you're coming into the pool and the person holding me hands me off to you. And you said, what did it well say? That, that would only be at this house, the pool of this house. Yeah. That had to be here. So I'm just, I'm so happy that this is where we're, we're having this conversation. <laughs> yeah. So you get back to Pennsylvania. I have a question about raising us. Um, when we were little, this is for those keeping score at home, not for you know this. Selena and I fought horrendously. Like we were, hor- aka, I was horrible to her. I don't think she antagonized much, but like as a parent, when you see so much wickedness coming out of a child, what what's your take on it? Like, what are you seeing in those moments? The way I would treat her, I didn't see you as wicked. I, you but, certainly weren't wicked. But what, what did you see? I'm sorry, I'm not trying to, you to were two insinuate kids emotions. You knew how to annoy each other. Okay, that's easy. <laughs> cool. You were siblings and you annoyed each other. And it was mostly annoying to me because it's annoying to have people annoying each other in your house. And I punished you. Yes. Did the punishments work? Yeah, or we love each other now. Yeah, I'll take all the credit. Maybe we grew <laughs> up and, and realized things about the world. I, The punishment was I made you sit in that chair and look at each other till you, I don't know what, till you could smile or say no, I love the, you or it something. Was, you have to look at each other and say I love you. And I think and you, you even said it doesn't matter if you mean it. You have to be able to look at each other and say <laughs> it. So I was either teaching you to be good liars mm-hmm. or believing in your... Basic it's, honesty. It's really hard uh, to look somebody in the eye, say you love them, and to reject a feeling of connection with that person. Well, yeah. Because like, if you it, look in someone's eyes, you do connect. Yes. Remember when I lied to you and you said, look me in the eye and say that again? <laughs> I did it and thought I got away with it. Right. You you had quite a, quite a I, trick there. Yeah. So... so the what? eye connection. And that goes back to the baby. Talk to your baby. Look in the eyes and talk to your baby. And um, when does it start getting, like, as a parent, when do, you, when do you start to feel good pulling back and letting the kids be themselves? Is that year one or year 18 or? There's different steps of that along the okay. way. Can you talk about so, that for a bit? Just because this is something you know about that I don't really know about. Okay, so... They learn to walk, and they walk away from you, and they keep coming back. Mm-hmm. And they go to school. That's a hard one, when they start going to school. That's a really big separation that's not really a natural one to me. Okay. So that was hard. But with Emily, I kept hanging around and hanging around her first grade class because she didn't go to kindergarten till the, till the teacher finally said to me, you're going to have to leave. You have to leave. Was that day one or was it day after day that, that you would stay a little day, too long? Week two. <laughs> really? It didn't... I would just stay and kind of look at all the kids playing and watch what they were doing. I didn't stay all day, but yeah. I stayed well, five or ten minutes or maybe it was 15 minutes and then it was down to 10 minutes. And then yeah. it got less and less. But it was very hard for me letting especially Emily, who was the first one, go to school. Was she enjoying it, though? I mean, would oh, she yeah. come home she with fun. good stories? She okay, fine. She's, she's fine <laughs> on her own. She was... <laughs> Emily's very independent and fine on her own. And so am I. But yeah. I just didn't want to be away from my kids. 
That's fair. So, but then they grow up and they, that's the natural, once the natural process and they're going out with their friends more and more and more and more. That's okay. Who was the naughtiest of us three? Hmm. Who do you think caused the most trouble? Like I had my friend Mike and we, we got into a little bit and Emily had her theater friends Selena's not even on the list of contenders, apparently. (laughs) She was too busy with the seminary and community organizing. I would say Emily, but only she only gets that because she stayed home as part of the home till the end of high school. You left before the end. You went to Spain. Yeah. You were not always there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a child. In your high school years. We got into a little naughtiness in Spain, but nothing. It took a while to catch up to that. Did you, you know? <laughs> I don't know what you did. I'll tell you what we did. <laughs> this is uh, something we would do is we all, we, there was a pool at the school that I was going to. So we all had to have swim caps and we had a shower head with a nozzle. So what we do is um, affix the, the pool, the, the pool cap to the shower head and crank both the the fa- crank open the faucets so it would grow and grow and grow into this giant like balloon and then we'd run out of the bathroom and it would explode and spray water everywhere <laughs> that was that was you the were most, so naughty it was really really anarchistic you, yeah but like i emily did worse things yeah. cuz she might have fallen through the drop ceiling we'll get that story on her episode don't worry i that's just a little teaser. That's a tease. Y- y'all want to be <laughs> stick around for the f- the roof falling story. There are more stories. I know she got it. There's, there's a few. There's the axle of the back axle of the car. There's and the love shack. And the love shack. <laughs> <laughs> I think we know who the naughtiest is, judging by how easy you can rattle off the trouble one of them got into. Yeah. Um, that leads me to my other question: Who's the best? I don't understand that question. <laughs> you want to? Do you want to yeah. ding first, or do you want? Is it time to ding? I'll we go can for ding. It. Let's ding. That's a thunky ding. So what we? No, no, no. That doesn't it's mean. Still not a good ding. <laughs> Did I tell you? Like I tried to get one of these. I went to Staples and said, "Do you have a bell?" I didn't know what they were called. I, and she said, "What kind?" And I said, "You know, the kind that goes ding." <laughs> she got it for <laughs> she you. She said, yep. "Oh, concierge bells, come with me." Okay, you do the first I get to pull. Pick something. Yes, and I of really course, I want to pick my own, so I'm picking a pink one. That's totally okay. What did you get? How do you deal with jealousy? That's a question. Are a you a question. jealous much? I don't. I, I don't think of you as a jealous can person. Get jealous. Who? Boyfriends. If um, I want a man who's interested in me only to be interested in me. Okay. So I do get jealous. Like, uh, I mean, I have in my life. I'm more comfortable now. So mostly if I'm jealous, I just look at what I'm jealous about and realize why I shouldn't be and let it go. Okay. Because there's no point. Cool. That was easy. <laughs> Yeah. We have to put this on a on a piece of felt because we've got the mics on I the think table. It's and make it. You hear how that thump uh-huh. is gone? Trust okay. you, trust your sound engineer's you know, son you know for once, like for heaven's that. sake. You, you know think? it. You know it. Where's one of yours? I do want. Okay. What is your most comforting comfort food? Is that yours? That is mine. Oh, how delightful! It's a mom kind of question. <laughs> okay. Well, what is yours? Hot applesauce. 
That's a good one. Um, what is mine? It used to be corn pie, but now I'm gluten free. So maybe that's like why. Thank you, GF Cool Corn Pie. Yeah, but is it going to be as good? Yeah. Yeah, come on. See? <laughs> Milk free, gluten free. I could I'd give it a all, try. All you're left with is corn, which is Eggs, not so bad. Celery, onions, soy milk. What is my most comforting comfort food? Reese's peanut butter cups. Okay, Easy. That's a good one. That's that's all it is. It's there. Your turn. Oh wait, this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and this. This is not mine too. That's okay. Movie Mad Libs. Surviving Hollywood. Uh-huh. I just snap at people. <laughs> <laughs> Put them in their place. Yeah. You, Jesse? Um, I don't know. I. Uh, I don't know if I, I'm not qualified to talk about surviving Hollywood. I've been floating in Hollywood, but not surviving yet, but I'm getting close. Didn't sink yet. Didn't sink, didn't sink, but I can't give advice on how to, how to really take off in this town. That's out of my area of expertise. Ooh, I think I see your handwriting. Talk about something you've worn and how it made you feel. Is that not yours? Another mom question. (laughs) (laughs) Clothing warm. Your turn. (laughs) Oh. No, we can. I don't I think of a good answer. Yeah. I want to hear your answer first. Oh, I, I got one. I haven't. I had a scratchy dress when mm-hmm. I was little. That's not a good feeling. I had my favorite bathrobe. It was a white bathrobe with red polka dots on it. Mm-hmm. All the years you were growing I up. I remember it's... that. How many books were read to us? Yeah. In that. But that one, it was, I got it when I was in nursing school and I went to the store and it was, I really liked it. It was full price and I couldn't get it because we didn't have that much money to buy a brand new bathrobe. What was it? What? Bosk. Uh, but I mean, oh. like, what were we talking? $10, $20, 100 Probably 30 okay. 40 Which is, is, that's a lot for a comfort item. I went item. into that's the store and. When you're going to school with three sale. kids. And I saw it. It was still on sale and maybe. 10 or 20 percent off and i still really loved that bathrobe but i didn't get it and i think i went again and was marked down again and didn't get it and then the store eventually has a 50 percent off lowest price yeah i got it excellent <laughs> i was hoping that that was going to be one of those sto- you know the 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 uh, husband has the watch and the wife has yeah. the long hair and he sells his yeah and you had to sell <laughs> your torso and legs to be able to afford it but <laughs> no it was a single mom in nursing school version of that story okay how long were you going to school was that a two-year three, or it was a three two years but three-year program what does I, that mean? Like one year of general and then two of nursing? Was two years of nursing and one year of general stuff. Okay. When did you do associates. your first injection? Like, do, how does that, how do they teach uh, in an injection? They really did it with an orange. But it, it was like probably one of the first clinical, no, there was like a lab and you'd go in and they'd teach you to do blood pressure and. All on an orange blood pressure. (laughs) Pupil dilation. It is so hard to hear the blood pressure on an orange. (laughs) No, and then, yeah, and you draw it up and stick an orange because they think that's what a person is like for some Mm -hmm. reason. I don't know if they still do that. But when do are you supervised when you give your first human injection or is that? Oh, yeah. Once you're signed off on the orange, you're good to go in any. You know, we gave each other injections. When I was a teenager. Yeah. No. <laughs> of course. So no, in were, nursing school, we what did. What were you we cooking as a teen? Sale. Like, what we, were you burning down on the spoon to know. inject each other? <laughs> in nursing school, we were 
shooting we gave well, each other like I am sailing I think we yeah, gave like each a, other a shot of sailing to for our first shot what if something goes wrong though like that's really well, what could really go wrong the, the teacher's definitely watching and it's yeah. not a really big deal so yeah we did that see now I'm thinking like would it be a better solution like how art classes they'll hire people to be nude models to hire someone to be just a <laughs> pin cushion for all the student I'd do it for the right price I think, what is it, $30 an hour or $50 an hour for that? Yeah. No, I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No. no. And then you graduate. Are you are you nursing right away? or uh, What kind of placement had, program do they have? I didn't know anything about this. I was too young to care about oh. what your day-to-day was like when you were doing that. I went to, well, I went to school every day, and I graduated in the spring. And during our nursing school my nurse, our nursing school time, mm-hmm. we got by because my grandfather supported us, and he sent me a thousand dollars a month. George and Frank. That's what we lived on. Okay. For the two and a half or three, it was like two and a half years of school that I was in school, and then I, because I graduated in spring, I wrote him a letter and I said, you've been very generous and I will forever be grateful. And I am forever grateful that he did that for us. I said, would you consider doing the same thing for three more months, June, July, August? And when my kids start school, I'll start working. So he agreed to that. And we had that whole summer that I didn't work and I, you weren't in school. And we had one whole summer to just have a summer. What did it, is that when the Ithaca stuff started, or would it have been after that? It that seems like we're a little that. young you were still for, young. We for were Ithaca living, trips. We were living in Kempton. Okay. And, well, we not, where, where are you sure we? No, we, we were, were in Tompton when. No, we were in that little house um, in Kleinsville. When I graduated. You're right. And I would go to the neighbors before getting on the bus and they had those little boxes of cereal, the single serve. I that they don't know about the cereal, but I believe it. Call me a liar, will you? you? Did, and you that's did. what happened. Got your new bike you, there. You are. Well, tell me about your bike in that house. The bike lasted a whole week before it was <laughs> stolen. And then, uh, you know how this story goes, but I'll tell it to those keeping score at home. Um, I got to high school. Sometimes I think about Yana. Um, and I think like you, I could not have asked for a better high school relationship than the one I had with Yana. That was such a good way to kick off young adulthood and yes, and adult and adult love and adult romance and adult intimacy. I agree. Um, but anyway, uh, Yana also lived out in the Kleinsville area. So did her friend David, whose bike also disappeared mysteriously after a week of owning it. And then one day we were driving by Kleinsville and we saw in this barn there was somebody had like hundreds there of bicycles. A, it was a whole row of bicycles. It was, people out there, Kleinsville is a like one old road with maybe 15 houses. Yeah, not hundreds it. of houses, not hundreds of bicycles. Somehow. There's... A, it's a really small little town. Yep. So, but this guy just liked it. Whoever was. There was some bicycle story in Kleinsville. Yep. Okay. And I remember getting that because I uh, pop up. I think got me that bicycle, yeah. and I came out onto the porch. He said, "You want to see your Christmas present?" And I walked right by it, and I think he was a little disappointed <laughs> that I didn't <laughs> notice that there was a bicycle. He seems like the type that would think there's no greater joy a boy can experience than receiving a bicycle on Christmas Day. That. That's probably true. 
that's um let's yeah. see what else is in here i feel like we're we're uh favoring yours what am i living for what are you living for oh just to see what happens that's a good way to find out what happens next <laughs> yeah you don't think what you're else is there to more? live what you don't think you're living from i mean you you have three in the generation below you and then two more in the generation after that you've you've contributed to the human species in a in a right. significant way so that you're doing more than just hanging out and watching oh i thought i was looking into the future okay but even in the past it's just to see what happens well let's see what happens i got pregnant see what happens i had a baby you See, think, is there really that big a difference to you for from the future to the past? Like, are they that separate in your mind? You don't strike me as the type of person who really, like... <laughs> well, it's the same attitude in both directions, yeah. I guess. But um, there's two different directions. Here's a question that kind of rings in my head every now and then is, once we do the future, we don't get to see alternate version. Like, we don't get to change our decisions so does that right. mean that we really have control over the future? Is it is it a multilinear path or is it really just one one straight line that we're going down, knowing that we can't change things after they happen? Oh, I think it's multilinear. Okay. And I think there are those other directions and dimensions, but we just kind of focus on the one we see. I always I feel this is it's just a feeling and it's not a fully formed feeling. I feel like those are really complex suppositions. Like our brain is running simulations all the time on what else could have been or could be or should have been. But I don't. I'm not convinced yet that those those simulations are real enough to count as real. I think they can be. Cool. <laughs> What else? I mean, what? I'm not trying to railroad you, just know. so you know. It's just a thought. No, I see what you're saying. And Only that, a thought. That really makes more sense than anything. That You know what? We'll see what John Kester has to say about all this, my father. <laughs> he sees things even more clearly. Do you, Here's a question. Do you, do you, when, when, which, which of us do you see? Which of you two do you see in the three of us? Like, how do you feel... We are like you or like him or dislike you or dislike him. Unlike, I suppose, is the word I meant there. Whew. All three of you are like both of us. You, The things you say, each of you has certain mannerisms and speech patterns of John's. Visually, I think you might look more like me. I feel like I look like him. When I see pictures of dad at my age, or I feel like... But I, I'm not here... Yeah, no, I'm not... Let me let you speak for a minute, I suppose. Well, you're shaped like him. You're that, tall yeah. and skinny. The silhouette. Yeah. 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 But, but you look like both of us, and you do... It's just, you're, you're all... The perfect combination of both of your parents. I'll tell you this. I feel tall and skinny until I'm around other Kesters, and then I do not feel <laughs> tall or skinny at all. Yeah. Let's do Go. a couple more. Wait, yeah. why don't you ring it for um, once? For heaven's like sake. I'd like to. Okay, I'm going to pick it up. Oh, oh, you're getting a classic. What did you get? Better, better than. I can't. Um, 
Pop culture just ain't what it used to be. In fact, it's better. What have you been diving into recently? We have theme music for this. Oh my gosh, I don't know anything about pop pop culture. Pop culture. Let's let's listen to the okay. theme music and oh, oh, it's, oh, oh. I have an answer. So this is one of the originals. Before we had our first guest on, I put six cards in the bowl just so we'd have something to go on before the first guest came okay. on. This is from that original batch. Read it again, Arlen. I'll read it over the, the music. Okay. All right, dudes and dudettes. It is time for Better Than. Pop culture just ain't what it used to be. In fact, it's better. Dudes. What have you been diving into recently? Podcasts. Oh. That was not here till it's here now. Aren't they the best? It, I love podcasts. Any, nobody can have a show just like me. <laughs> yeah. My favorite podcast? What is your favorite podcast? Hollywood Fishbowl. So it absolutely is. It even beat it's, out what a movie question mark? It did. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, because... Yeah. You want to know why? I do. Because you're talking to more different people about more different things and letting me into more different directions of the world that I wouldn't go in. That's the the express purpose of this is to step outside of my comfort zone and then back in for four episodes yeah. and then out for four episodes and then back in. The only improvement... You could have on this compared to that. Unsolicited feedback. You, Let's you want it? <laughs> a, 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 a little, uh, a little uh, bit taboo uh, in this <laughs> town, Mother. You're new to L.A. apparently. We're in Riverside. No, tell me. Like, how could we make you? A little more swinky. Okay, look. I'm sorry. You think I don't want a little more swinky <laughs> in my life right now? I know you do. That's why I'm sorry I said it. You don't know this, but two days ago I was impenetrably depressed. Because, do you know about this? No. It was the one-year anniversary oh, yeah. for of us putting in our app application for her to come over here. Uh, and on the one-year anniversary, the government reached out to us to tell us that everything we've submitted so far was insufficient. There's new, new that they want. They want... Uh, we have to get we have to contact Interpol and get signed affidavits from the Japanese police and the Kenyan police, both of them saying that Swinky has no criminal record in the countries in which she has resided. So here we are a year, a year in. It was just like such a blow to the gut for it to land on that day. OK, you don't know this, but I have your letter that says today's the day you applied for this at my house. I do not know that. And tampering with the mail is a federal offense, Mother. <laughs> you told me to open your mail. Yes. And check it out. You weren't tampering. But yes, yes. Do you know? Do I know? I look at it. I read it every day. Then I'm at home. You, in my prayer time. Yeah, yeah. No, it's one. You're not the only one. We have people praying for us. But I would. You're allowed to pray as long as you're registered to vote and you're out in the midterms and in I'm the big. Totally on all that too. Okay, that's because uh, we. I am not receiving any prayers about immigration from people who don't vote, and that's a flat okay policy, non-negotiable. Fair. If you think voting and politics is going to change the world, I. I. I will say this. Here's what I do think. If 100% of eligible voters turned out to the polls in presidential, not even midterms, but if 100% turned out a presidential, 
yes, it would have an effect on how our government behaves. And I'm not, yes, I'm not accepting. Well, I don't know. It's the man. It's just um, that these guys, man, they'll get you either way. Man. Like I'm not taking yeah, no, that. I'm if, not just. I never say that. I know. I, I know. Go I know. And I do my duty. I know. But, and and but I say my prayers. You're allowed to pray too. You're allowed to pray too. And I don't think one vote will change anything. But uh, everyone doing everyone, one vote. Every one vote is part of the whole. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's yes. nobody's off the hook on this. Go for it. And if you, here's what I'll say to people outside of the the liberal sphere: If you think that our immigration policies aren't constrictive enough, they aren't strict enough on immigrants. You don't know the process. You really just do not know what it's like to be scrutinized, to have her family scrutinized. Not just her, her sisters, her living parents, her immediate relatives are all under the microscope right now. So uh, that's all I'll say about that. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Please pull one. Okay. We got to lighten it up after that. I'm, I'm, I think uh, we're getting. Oh, this might be another. No. We're getting feedback on my screeds and maybe I need to retire them for a while, but it is a. a I'm feeling strongly. What is your say? Oh, this one's for you. What is the most trouble you? We have already covered with that. Your on, parents. We have covered that story on the fishbowl. Uh, it's a well-known. The, the but we have the the <laughs> the other side of that here right now. It was rotten. I I hit a, um, a report card and I lied to you about it. That's it was. Not, that's not that bad. Cool. One time, <laughs> one time, Jeannie and I slept over at somebody's house and we walked downtown and. Downtown Three hours Kutztown? of the night. This is Kutztown. The mean streets of Kutztown? The mean streets of Kutztown in the mid-70s. Mm -hmm. And a Kutztown cop stopped us and said, what are you doing? And we said we were sleeping out and we went for a walk. And he said, oh, okay, go back. You, sh you should go back to where you were. But then he went to my parents' house and he told them we were, I don't know what he told them, we were out picking up boys and smart-mouthing cops and stuff like that. So my parents were really mad, and we thought they were mad at us because we were walking downtown in the middle of the night. <laughs> but they were mad because they had this whole story that wasn't even real. Remember when I yelled at the bakery on Main Street, and then Pop-Up was coming by right when the bakery <laughs> owner was yelling at me, and then that became a whole family <laughs> scandal? It's a small town. It's a very small <laughs> town. Yeah. We're such a horrible... We're not that bad. No. Really not bad. No, that really question doesn't open up many portals to our psyche. No. Let's do a couple more. It's, I like this game. It's a fun game. Yeah. And you're allowed to go off topic. You're allowed to talk about okay. whatever you want. Oh, if I asked people who've worked with you what your biggest weakness is, what would they say? You don't, do you spend me? a lot of time with your coworkers? You're mostly doing home visits. Yeah, we do home visits. We come in and talk to each other. Oh. My biggest weakness I is work that I don't hard. No. I care too much. <laughs> boy, boy, boy. Um, now, I'm sure there's things like, oh, oh, when I'm mad and I say something to my coworker about what I don't like about the work, and then we go to... But then also our conversations lead to, well, it doesn't matter what we say. I'm not saying anything at the next team meeting. Oh. So I don't say anything at the next team meeting. And then she say, what do you think, Janice? What do you think? What do you say about it? So so I'm not speaking up, but I don't think oh, it matters okay. so, if I speak up. Now, that's a, a, a cardinal sin on, uh, I think we've talked about it on previous episodes, that I 
It's only complaining if you don't put solutions on the table, and I hate complaining. So if you're going to talk bad about what's going on at work, you better be ready with some proposals on how to fix it and bringing up those issues and ideas on how they could be improved at a meeting is a great way. It is a great way, but after you do it for a few years saying, this is what's wrong, this is what we should do, this is a viable Mm -hmm. solution, and management says, hmm, yes, and that's... The conversation ends there till we yeah, say the yeah. same thing again a month later. And they say, mm, mm, we'll look into that. But uh, you get tired of saying it. I understand that, but you can only control yourself. And Who you have you that? You have to do right. Whether <laughs> yeah. the people around you are doing right or wrong, you have to do right. Yeah. I t- you taught me that. Yeah, I, know. I, <laughs> you know, I know where that came from. How hammered home you was that? You can only control yourself. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they're doing. You got to behave Which, rightly. Yeah. That's you're the thing. I want to do one. You pull, you pull. I pulled that last one. What's the most honest thing you can say from the heart? Don't think, just answer. Go. I love you. I love Swinky, and I love (laughs) you too. (laughs) I love Swinky. She's going to really like this episode. Can we get her on this? I would love to. Well, I would enjoy it The so way much. she talked to everybody on your beginning episodes. She was always on and she was oh, always saying dear. things. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll get her on the line. Let's, um, <laughs> let me ask you this question and then uh, we'll see if we can get her on okay. Skype. You're stuck on the... What time is it there? It's, that doesn't matter. Okay. She'll, she's always she's, happy to talk to okay. you. You're stuck on a deserted island. Three items allowed. Which movie? Which book? Which song? Two Hundred Motels by Frank Zappa <laughs> for the movie and for the album. Ooh, the movie. It. Oh, it might be blue, and it might be like water for chocolate. Mm-hmm. And the song. One song over and over. <laughs> <laughs> Chipmunk's Christmas song. It wouldn't be that one. Hmm. Oh no, the movie would be called The Last Library. That is That's my a really good one. Movie that one's ever. fun. Yeah. Song. Sorry story about Kate. <laughs> you know. That was a good one too. Well, uh, straight away, Last Library is longer. Like you've got a good 15 more minutes. Heartbeat. Of... Heartbeat? Who's that by? Randy and the Plutonians. Oh, oh, okay. That's a good poll. <laughs> uh, on a book. I, s- I thought you said like Water for Chocolate was oh, your That was book. a movie. Oh, okay, okay. I'll take it for a book. Okay. I'd you already... rather have something more solid to read over and over, though. But... For me, My Neighbor Totoro, A Hundred mm. Years of Solitude, and uh, probably something by Leonard Cohen, maybe Anthem, maybe First We Take Manhattan. I need a more upbeat song. I don't. <laughs> this is something to kill myself to when the time comes. A Hundred Years of Solitude is a really good choice. I got Chelsea Hotel number two isn't a good song. I, I listened to it again. I don't like it. Number two? That's, that's the title. Oh, is, okay. That's, it, I just don't like that one. And I thought, like, wait a minute. There is hmm. a Leonard Cohen song that I just flat out think is not a great hmm. tune. I'll listen. Give it a shot. Okay. It's the one where he says the bad word. I know it's a story. It's not. It's not poetically said. Anyway, let's see if we can. I think get... he's apologized for that. He has. I know, but it's still. You know. Okay. 
What, is she gone? Let's see if we can get... Um, hold on. So what I'm going to do is call her up. And as I call her up, we're just going to uh, play... Doctor. I miss Swinky so much. We're going to play the theme music for okay. this segment to see if we can okay. get her on. The, no promises. I don't know if okay. she's she's available even. But here we go. Let's see if we can get that that music going. Everybody now hold somebody and tell them that you love them. I love you. Lift your hands together and praise the Lord. Hey, looks like she's online. Hello, Swinky. Swinky. Hi, thanks for having me. Swinky. Sorry, I can't be there, but at least we have this satellite uplink. We do. It's so good to have you. Sorry if I if I'm off mic a little bit. It's it's uh, difficult to to chat with you and also to stay on mic. Mm-hmm. But uh, we're we're here with my mother. We're here with my mother. You are interesting. Well, thank you. <laughs> I love mom. you, Swinky, so much. So, how's your life? I'm assuming. Me? Yeah, that's got to be to you, Mom. It is almost a hundred percent perfect. Mm-hmm. The one thing that's missing my mm-hmm. my son's wife. We mm-hmm. miss her so much, and I'm ah. sad for him. I am. Well, but we, love but we have we at least we have her on uplink here yeah. right now. Uh, do, you, do you have any questions for my mom? Where do you want to be in five years? That's a good <gasps> question. Oh my gosh, playing with baby Swinky, with baby Swinky, baby baby Swinky, baby Jesse, grandmothering. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. I I hope that in five years. I think if if anything goes to plan at all, if any ingredient of our lives goes to plan, you'll have grandkids in five years. That's all but guaranteed. Any other questions? Do you have any regrets about coming to LA? Do you? Well, let's, oh my gosh, no! I love it here. What about in life? Let's open that up in a little life? bit. Do you have any no. any anything that you? No. Nothing you would do no. over. Given another shot, you'd do it differently. No. Everything got me here. Okay. Okay, that's very fair. Um, Are you one of those people who have jogging outfits and they have sunglasses and <laughs> caps and they run and look L.A.? Are you one of those people, Mother? I have these old sweatpants that I wear for jogging, but I do have nice shoes. Okay, that's a very good question. <laughs> that's totally appropriate for you. I'm asking because Pew is turning into one and I'm trying to find out if it's something that happens once you land in LA. That's Probably. actually true. Yeah, I, I am an LA runner now. I go wake up at five, go out at six before it's too hot to yeah. run. And, and I do. Do you 4K. wear outfits? I wear, sh- I'm not naked when I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, but nothing okay. special. I don't wear the yeah. spanky pants, full blown LA, but I do have my sunglasses You'll get on. There. I will. It takes time. And it's a bit of yeah. that, that bathrobe. It's a bit of financial upkeep. Yeah. That's not a necessary <laughs> expense right now. Do you take five-minute showers to save water because L.A. is a desert? No. (laughs) Do you care about the environment or is the environment at your disposal? I care. Okay. (laughs) Oh, we're done? I think we're done. All right. Thanks for having me. Love you. Bye. Oh, good to talk to you, Swinky. I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Bye. Love you. Bye. All right, that was on. Thank you, Jesse, for getting Swinky on for me. Thank you. I can't think of a better way to close out this episode. That was delightful having her on. Are you ready to? I'm to, ready. Then okay. we have the good my music. Are you ready for that? I am so ready for that slow talk. This has been the Hollywood Fishbowl, and I've been 
Jesse Kester, I will continue to be Jesse Kester as long as I live. If you like what you heard, you can find us on the web at hollywoodfishbowl.com. You can find us on Twitter at hwfishbowl and on Instagram at the very same hwfishbowl. But it's not about us. It's about our guest. Mom, if people loved your appearance on here and are dying to learn more about you, where can they find you? Oh, you can find me on Facebook, I'm Mom. <laughs> At Shume on the weekends. Jesse's Mom, except Jesse's not there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm on Instagram. What is your Instagram I think it's handle? just my name. I don't really know. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not really doing the maintenance on your social media presence for your career, are you? I'm ready to retire. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. I wish I could thank you enough for coming on, but I simply cannot. This has been fun. Um, thank you thank for making you. it easy and fun. Thank you for making me. <laughs> I didn't do it alone, thank you. We'll have him on later. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. I love you too. Bye. Bye.